No se hacen pendejadas. Protect your portals, fregadas. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Girl, hello. I mean, are we fucking doing this or no? <laughs> are we on a Mercury retrograde for the whole motherfucking year or what? I mean, I thought Mercury and Rigatoni was over for now. <laughs> I really did. I, I I truly did. Hi everyone. <laughs> Welcome back to the Portals and Bendahalas <laughs> podcast. I'm Monica, the psychic medium, <laughs> and I'm Iris, the intuitive. And we're both fucking frustrated. <laughs> yeah, maybe this is a for sure. Right? My goodness, you guys. So we literally started at about seven twenty, attempting to get this going and just doing mic checks because Iris and I both have amazing professional microphones now and we're like yeah let's just give the people what they want and nothing was working nothing and so here we are using our phones and it's just gonna do what it's gonna do we're gonna do the best we can but it has been a very intense week, I know for me, and I know Iris, you have a lot going on too. And so thank you guys so much for being patient with us while we're getting things going and growing. Today, Iris, we have so much to talk about. I do, I do want to say it is going to be a very, maybe even heavy episode because we're going to be talking about grief, greed, and guilt the way that we really manifest these feelings and these emotions when someone we love and someone we're close to, or maybe someone we haven't seen or spoken to in a long time, when they transition out of this realm. And so that'll be our topic for today. So just take some deep breaths. And if this is something you guys have to come back to another time, then no worries whatsoever. Take what feels joyful to your heart, leave the rest. Iris, how does that sound to you? It sounds good. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. And so happy two, two, two. Happy two, 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 three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> okay. Oh, what a portal. What, you know, what a portal. I mean, I, you know, what a pendejada. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just been so much so iris i want to ask you what is your drink of the day <laughs> <laughs> you're like with everything that's been happening i don't have one <laughs> i have half a cup of water purified water nice that's delicious. <laughs> Gotta stay hydrated. You know, I've been yes. listening and everything. I know. I've been seeing that. I'm like, oh, you so, go, girl. I've been working out this ass. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have my, yes, of course, you guys guessed it, my Ibarra Cafecito. Mm -hmm. And it's delicious per usual. I will say, because of all the fuckery that's been occurring, <laughs> it's a it's cold now and uh there's about a quarter of it left and that's probably about how much patience uh, i have left too so <laughs> hey <laughs> fuck it <laughs> fuck it and you know what though iris i feel like this is so meant to be in a sense because this really helped me 
feel all that frustration and even irritability. And the more and more that I was feeling that I was, I was saying to myself, you know what, Monica, just let it be what it is. Like, just breathe, girl. And then I just started laughing because it made me think of Jennifer so much too. And that's something I'm going to be sharing with everybody listening. Anyhow, just laughing through it, feeling what I need to feel. And so the Pendejada today, I guess Iris and I can both agree that it has been the almost three hours of <laughs> attempting while intending to get this episode recorded. And in addition to that Pendejada, we're going to also add que pues sin vergüenzas. We can't even use our amazing mics we have now either. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how Iris, you're like, I have an IT guy. And like, you're on the phone with him and you're getting stuff done, but it's like, we still can't even apply all, all the shit you learned yet. <laughs> Girl, that IT, that IT slut vibration ain't working. <laughs> You're on a hiatus. I don't know. <laughs> I know. You know, I really, I really appreciate um, this beautiful soul that was helping and guiding at yes. the same time. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Right. Like, at this point, I feel like it's uni fucking with us. I also <laughs> feel like, like you said, like it is what it needed to be. At the same time, what comes up for me is it doesn't have to be perfect. Right. You know, we're, yes. we are what this is our sixth episode. We are learning. Everything is an opportunity for growth. So even continuously to be a student and mm -hmm. to remember to simply have patience to just go with the flow and things might not turn out how we might intend or want it to be especially mm -hmm. with these bomb ass mics I'm just saying girl <laughs> you know at the same time it is what it's like letting go of perfection and outcome and mm. just allowing what is meant to happen in this moment Yes. And it is okay. And the people will still receive the message. If it's a little choppy, you know, it's cool. <laughs> My Wi-Fi is tripping. Maybe that's what it is, but it's cool. But as long My as they, goodness. Yeah. 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 So as long as we speak and you know, we um we speak our message and what's in our heart, that's all that matters. Yes, I agree with that so completely. So completely. And you guys, I have this wonderful hilarious I and mean, I do mean hilarious portal and pendejada sharing to offer to you guys and I'm really sitting with myself if I'm wondering uh, wondering okay if I'm wanting to offer that today or maybe next episode because it's out of this world hilarious and I have proof because the day it happened I even sent it to Iris so you have the recording right Iris <laughs> I cannot stop laughing the whole no. time I know I feel like I okay. myself a couple of times <laughs> that's just been a theme lately anyway so I know seriously oh my goodness <laughs> so I will say this you guys I'm going to save that sharing for the next episode because <laughs> I, I, listen, you're laughing, right? I know, I know. But I want to just really sit and be in these feelings and these emotions that I'm experiencing. And I want to honor the level of sadness and deep sorrow that keeps coming in waves for me. And 
I feel that so much has happened in such a short amount of time. And the more and more Iris and I were discussing on what we wanted to do for this episode, because initially we we're like, okay, are we going to do a follow-up for the very last episode we shared with you guys? And Iris made such a beautiful point that when we extended that episode, she shared how she was feeling and it just really came full circle for her. So well, Iris, now here we are. Uh, Iris knows the person that I'm about to speak with you guys mm-hmm. about. And so it went from, let's see what we're going to do for the next episode to the universe really just provided the the information for us, but also in a really devastating way. Many of you listening have definitely had an experience or more with losing someone you love, whether they're still walking this earth or they transition fully out of the body. And so everything happens so abruptly and yet at the same time in in many ways, because both of my daughter's birthdays are February 14th and February 16th. And here I was experiencing this shift in my energy, but also in my existential experience, right? Because I'm really young, yes, and yet both my daughters were turning 24 and 20. And so I was just sitting with it and I'm like, my God, like how is it that I have grown ass adults as my children? And it just really made me sit with my feelings and it made me really emotional. And the more and more I sat with that and I felt it and I, I really surrendered to it then came Valentine's Day, which is my youngest daughter's birthday. And I I know that day I felt really off and I didn't know why. I just felt really, really off. And I thought, well, you know, it's because it's her birthday and she's like 20, you know, and that's a long time to be on this earth and such a short time at the same time. And so the more I sat with it, I did feel this sense of grief, right? And this sense of even greed that I I wanted some of that time back when she was little. I wanted because I went through major health issues when she was little. And as a matter of fact, she's the one that told me when she was like five or six, you know, she let me know that I was going to end up having cancer and that I was going to be okay. And her verbiage exactly was, mommy, you, you get sick, you be bald, you be okay. Literally, that's exactly what she said. And so I just remember sitting in that and just feeling like there was a lot of time I lost when I was that sick and she was so little. And so even though her sister's four years older than her, she was still very little too when that happened. And I went through like major sickness. I had brain cancer and I was given like months to live and, you know, Hey, I'm still here and it's been a long time. And so anyhow, I was really sitting with that on Valentine's day. So I felt that that heaviness and that intense energy was because of that. Right. And I just couldn't shake, like something was wrong, but I didn't know what. And so I just surrendered to my feelings and my emotions. I let it be. Okay, there's so much more to it, too. But then now we get to the next day. And Iris, when you texted me about Jennifer, like, I was like, my Jen? And just 
I want to ask you when you texted me that she had passed and that you were like, sorry for my loss. Like, can you share with me like the experience of you finding out? Because I still to right now, I don't even know how that came about. So someone had texted me and they were just like, call me. And I was like, this is so random. Like, I haven't talked to this person in so long, like in months. Yeah. And then when she just texted me that, I was just like, what? Like, yeah. there's no way. Like, that initial reaction. Um, so, Jennifer was my Reiki master. So, yes. I learned um, my Reiki training, um, the Holy Fire um, with her and with Debbie. And... I felt really connected to her. Obviously, I feel like Monica is a lot closer to her and even family um, yeah. from what you've shared with me. And and so in that moment, I was just like, what? Like, I wasn't shocked. I was like, yeah. oh. I was like, really? Like, Monica has to know this. Like, and it's so interesting because as I was sending it to you, I was just like, Oh my gosh, she needs to know. Like, if she doesn't know, like, that's that's your girl. Right. You know? And even sending it to you, then later on, when I found out that you didn't know, part of me even felt, like, I kind of felt bad. Like, who right. am I to tell you that this person just passed? And is it even true? You know, yeah. I also did not want to spread any rumors. It was just something that happened. And a person that I trust told me and I had to share it with you. And I was devastated in right. that moment. So right when you found out, I feel like ah, it, it, my automatic response was, oh, my God, I'm I'm like, I'm the reason why you're you're hurting in this moment. So even things coming up for me was was really interesting to observe mm -hmm. so it was just a lot of sadness um and shock yes that's exact <laughs> that's yeah. exact way i would describe it also and the interesting thing is so let me just share with all of you listening jennifer and i have known each other for many years and there's so much behind how she and I got to know each other and it has nothing to do with Reiki and it has nothing to do with a lot of the things you guys might assume and I don't know if it's totally my place to describe and express exactly how it is that we we found each other so I'm going to leave that alone for right now but so we've become very close over the years and a lot of what I know about homeopathy, right? A lot of what I know about Reiki, a lot of what I know about raindrops and energy clearing that has to do with raindrops. I learned from and recalled from Jennifer and we just became very, very good friends. And she was one of my go-tos. And anybody that knows me, I don't have many of those. I just don't. And so she was one of my main go-tos and I was one of hers. And 
all the time that we got to love each other and just really surrender in this deep, deep exchange of intense like for one another. And the way she touched my heart and my my soul and my spirit. And so Jennifer was one of those people that gave a little too much in my opinion, but she was always giving, she was always there for everyone. And, you know, no matter whether you could pay or not, she was going to help you, even if it meant that she was going to use her own money to buy what you needed. And then one day it would come back to her. Like she was just, that's all she did was give. And I felt very honored to be one of the people that whenever she needed to vent or really share or break down that she'd call me. I I felt so honored by that. And so Iris, when you sent me that message, I, there was just a part of me, like I knew I'm like, I was in shock, but also not because I knew something was going on with Jen and she wouldn't say anything. And I had kept reaching out to her and just saying, I wanted to go see her. And I wanted to, you know, offer her Reiki in person and all these things. Mm -hmm. And I have my, my reasons why I believe she didn't tell me straight out what was going on with her. And I feel it's because she saw what I went through with my mom when my mom transitioned out and my mom was very sick. My mom did definitely go through ovarian cancer. And so Jennifer was one of the people that were here with me when I was taking care of my mom, when she was actively, you know, exchanging in that ceremony of leaving her body. And beautifully enough, tomorrow's my mother's birthday. And so Like, of course, you know, during this period of time where I'm really mourning and celebrating so much of my life, Jennifer transitions out. And I I was saying, I think it's so precious that somebody is so full of love and just the epitome of, of love and healing uses the day of love to transition out. It's as if all that momentum that was being co created by all these precious people in the world they were really helping anchor in that energy and that divine light and connection to support her transition because the kind of energy that Jennifer had in this human vessel is absolutely outwardly. And it's, it's so incredibly intense and just like out of this universe. So I feel like the energy that was being produced on Valentine's day is very much what was needed for her to really catapult out of her body. And so as much as I cry and I'm sad and I, and I miss her so fucking much, I'm so happy for her. And Mm -hmm. it's very much as if she graduated, you know, from this life. And that's something that she and my mom would talk about. And it's just a precious experience. And so Iris, I want to say you know, I feel that so much of this being meant to be definitely is just showing itself. And when we spoke about what we were going to have our episode be this time around, I want to ask you if you've ever experienced someone transitioning out that you're really close to, because some people haven't yet, and that's okay. There's nothing good or bad about that. But do you know what that feels like so far? far I think of 
I think of relationships, not necessarily transition out. Okay. Um, like friendships, relationships, partners, mm -hmm. even though they're not, they haven't passed. They're still, they're still a grieving process. Right. With that. Mm -hmm. Um, I also, I'm so sorry. This dog is so, <laughs> it's so interesting because when we were setting this podcast, Zen was asleep completely. And then <laughs> once we started recording, he got, he woke up. You, I'm sure everyone can hear him. <laughs> woke up and he got this burst of energy. So that's mm -hmm. side note. So you will hear Zenito um, <laughs> wanting to be part of this exchange. Um, but going back to your question, I feel like I wasn't close to like grand my grandparents like because they were in El Salvador and we wouldn't mm -hmm. travel as much to El Salvador I feel like there's a handful of times where I connected with them mm -hmm. so oh my god Zenito um I'm sorry that's okay. So for you, it's more the grief of relationships and mourning people that are still walking this earth, but no longer are walking alongside you in this journey, right? Yeah. So that's definitely another type of mourning, but definitely mourning nonetheless. And for a lot of people, they don't know what that experience is to actively miss and mourn someone that they were very close to and transitioned out of this realm. And especially if it was very surprising to them or shocking to them. And I know for me with Jennifer, again, because I had a feeling something was wrong and I even asked her about a year ago and, and then six months ago, and then it kind of just kept going. And so before I was even told why or how she transitioned out I already knew what it was and I literally said it to my husband and my my youngest daughter I said it had to have been cancer of the reproductive system it just had to I, I just felt it and so that takes me to something I wanted to share with everyone especially as women when we are channeling energy when we are conducting receiving transmitting transmuting we're using our womb to do all that. And so for many of us, if we're not really loving on ourselves or we're not really giving to ourselves what we're giving to everyone else, it really accumulates in the womb. And now is it going to be every single person that develops, you know, ovarian or uterine cancer? It was because they didn't give themselves like the love they deserve, or they didn't get the love they deserve from their partner or whatever it might be. Not everyone. No, but the vast majority, yes. And for many of us, you know, so-called healers or whatever you want to call us, we are some of the most loving, giving, engaging people you'll ever know and ever meet. And in the same breath, most of us 
don't have an us for us, right? So we may be the main giver in all our relationships, the main helper, they may, the main healer in all our relationships. So the majority of us healers, we don't have that same momentum of expression and vibration in our life partner or even a child or someone that's directly connected to us because the kind of energy that we carry is is intense and it's very seldom that people can have a very high quality high functioning life mm. while they have this kind of vibration so it makes sense and that often speaks volumes as to why many of these these healers you see that are these you know world renowned healers or however you want to call them they're all single and the majority of them are single because of that. It's it's a lot to be this way. And sometimes their partners can't handle it or their partners don't know how to hold space for them. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to just share that because I know with Jennifer, she was the healthiest person I've ever known. I, I'm not even bullshitting you. She ate the cleanest I've ever, ever seen in my life. Oh my God. And she took great care of herself and she loved on herself and she provided a lot of the offerings she gave to everyone around her to herself. And so it may be that because it was her time to leave this earth, that there had to be some type of manifestation occur in her body that would give her no choice, but to surrender to the, ceremony of death and the ceremony of transition and that could be it and i want to make it clear that anyone listening don't judge yourself or judge others that may be going through the experience and and what i call the cords of cancer because cancer has so much to do with our emotional essence right and i know for me i can only speak on my own behalf when I was diagnosed with the type of brain cancer I was diagnosed with, it was the like one of the rarest. And UCLA was like, no one has ever lived with this. And there's nothing we can do, like literally verbatim. That's what they were saying to me. Wow. And they said, we can't, radiation doesn't work on this. Chemo doesn't work, which to be sincere, you guys, I wouldn't have chosen those options anyway, but they were just letting me know nothing was going to work. And I remember the doctors looking at me and saying, you know, we're going to send you home on a PCA and and you're going to have pain management and we're just going to make you comfortable until it's your time. And I remember looking at him and I was like laughing and he thought I was like delusional. He thought the brain tumor was like fucking me up. And he he really thought that I was like tiki tiki boom boom. And I said to him, I said, I said, oh, I'm, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. Like, I'm not going to take his false testimony as my truth Mm. and put that in my cells and say, I'm dying. Shit. I don't think so. And so I remember saying to him, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be great as a matter of fact. And he really thought like, what is wrong with this girl? And he wanted me to get a psych eval. And he said, I, he said to me in my face, he said, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the tumor is pressing on and he started naming all these different, you know, medical terms. And he said, and it's really, it's really messing with your inhibitions is what he said. And I said, well, I I think I'm me and I feel myself and I just know that you're full of shit. And he got offended, of course. And, and then I said, you know, you're not God. You're not God. I understand that a lot of you doctors get that God complex, but you're not God. 
Mm. And I said, I'm going to be okay. And so anyhow, for me, the type of, of tumor I had, it was right brain. And of course it was Jennifer that, and that's what I, I feel is just so poetic and, and also so frustrating at the same time, because I remember when I, I, I had said to her months before I found out what was going on with me. I said to her, I'm like, Jen, I have brain cancer. I know I do. She's like, well, let's not put that out into the universe. And I'm like, no, it's not about putting it out there, girl. I, I know what's going on with me. And I, I have a tumor in my brain. I just know it, you know? And so she said, okay, well, cancer is just another way to communicate what your body needs and what your soul needs. She's like, so let's see it unfold and see what happens. Okay. So anyhow, after I was diagnosed and everything, I remember I wasn't afraid. And I, and I feel that that's why all the doctors were like, what is going on with this woman? Why is she not scared? And so I said to myself, like, if it's my time, it's my time. And, and we'll do an episode, you guys, on how everything came to what it was. And I have such a beautiful experience to share with all of you. But mm. anyhow, it was Jennifer that helped me heal the brain cancer because they sent me home to die. But mm. I came, I came home to live and thrive. That was mm. my intention. And that's where I placed all my attention is into that, that absolute knowing. And so I will forever love Jennifer for all the help she gave me for coming over and then saying to me, this is what we're doing with your diet. Your, your whole way of eating is now going to shift. And these are the homeopaths I want you on. And this is this, and this is that. And she just hooked it up in every way possible. And I did all those things. And when I went in for a follow-up MRI, you know, they were expecting me to be unable to walk and talk and to be, you know, more than halfway gone already. And I remember when I walked in, the doctors are just looking and they're like, what the hell? Cause I walk in smiling and I'm, you know, I'm like talking and they're just like, what the hell? And so, so when I do the MRI, no, please. When I, I do the MRI, they see, and they're like, okay, the tumor was shrinking. They were like in shock. And so. Wow. Jennifer, Jennifer, Jennifer. Yes. A lot of the work I did, of course, I give myself that honor and I am not going to in any way invalidate that yet. Jennifer helped me so much. So I have to say, you guys, when I found out about Jen and, you know, this woman has helped so many people heal cancer and heal certain, you know, conditions that are supposed to be irreversible. I promise you, I know these people personally. And to find out that she herself was dancing that sacred dance and that sacred ceremony of cancer, and that that's what took her out. That's how you know it was her time for sure, because mm -hmm. she knew how to fuck with cancer. She knew how to engage and those rules of engagement. She knew all those things and she still shifted and transitioned out. So I just want to say, let this, this energy that we're holding for all of you. Yes. Grief, greed, and guilt is a motherfucker, isn't it? Because for some of us, when someone transitions out that we really, really, really love, or, you know, we're just really missing them. We have this, this kind of human greed where it's like, we want that time back with them and we want mm -hmm. to have them in our life. Right. And mm -hmm. 
maybe even some guilt. Maybe some of us go through those times and those spaces where we're like, oh man, you know, they were calling me and I didn't take their call. And I, mm. if I would have known that was the last time that I was going to be able to talk to them, I would have answered or whatever it might be. And I want you guys to listen, please, the best you can. And I do mean listen, because Iris, as you know, there's a big difference between listening and hearing. Hearing mm. is involuntary. Hearing, if you're in a space and there's sounds, it's involuntary to hear what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. It's very intentional to listen. To listen is a choice. So I'm asking to please listen so well. Let that shit go. If you're feeling that sense of guilt, let it fucking go. It's not for you to carry. It is not. Because guess what? Maybe that day or that time period in your life where that would have been the last exchange with them. Maybe you were having a really rough fucking time. Maybe you were going through a lot of intense shit Mm. and you needed to choose you in that moment. That's okay. Right, Iris? Like, that's okay. And and I want to say, Iris, because you did share that you have had those experiences of mourning and grieving people that are still walking this earth. So may I ask you, do you have a particular process that you honor when it comes to those rules of disengagement? That's a deep question. <laughs> it's very deep. It really is. It really um, is. Yeah. And I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because it's deep and it's mm-hmm. real, you know, because so many people I feel um, go through this shift and some people maybe continue to carry that guilt, whether it's a friendship or blaming themselves or a relationship, maybe there's things that I should have done, could have done. Like, it is what it is. And I had to come to realization through yes. all the grieving process, through sadness, through depression, through mm-hmm. just I isolating myself, being angry at being angry at myself, being yes. angry at them. Like, all of these different layers, they're going to come and they're going to go. And it's not an overnight process, boo. So whoever is grieving a person, a friendship, know that it's going to take some time. It's going to, it's not, it's not like, oh, next week, or let me just continue to be busy. Let's continue to suppress all these emotions because we don't want to talk about it because it's hard or because it makes me feel bad. So Mm -hmm. in reality, some of the things that have helped me, obviously seeing Monica, (laughs) booking her for (laughs) a session, um, has helped me. She, to me, she is my therapist. Like, she's not just a psychic medium. She is a space holder. She is able to really acknowledge and feel the shit that you're going through and keep it 100. Like, that's one of the things that I appreciate about her is that versus going to specific and not not all therapists obviously like whoever resonates with you will resonate with you but it's not for everyone like you have to find what works for you so for me holding space with myself doing voice memos with myself you know as we speak we're releasing different energy and emotions in our body 
I'm in, I can be in my car and all of a sudden, like I'll start getting sad or start to miss certain people. And I'm like, why am I missing them? Or maybe I start, I hear a song and I start to get emotional. So it's just allowing myself that time and space. And I get it. We have jobs, you know, but carve out time. Like if you are not feeling well and you need a mental health day, take a day off. Use your sick time. Yes. I know so many people that don't use their sick time. I'm like, girl, that's all that for. That's what it's for. <laughs> like, use shit. What? You got 100 hours. <laughs> um. So, and that's a whole nother conversation. But Right. <laughs> but it's like, give yourself the time to process. If you need to go on medical leave, boo, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It just means that you're tending to yourself. Maybe you need to go to a therapist and go to medical leave because it's affecting your work, whether it's grieving a person, whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, like really tend to yourself because you matter. Just because other people around you have made you feel like you are either too emotional or too dramatic or whatever, like you're too much. It's like, boo, that is your superpower. You being empathetic, you giving yourself, give yourself time to process. Give yourself permission to heal. Give yourself permission to feel and to give yourself that love. You know, and yes. if it's uncomfortable, ask yourself, why, why is it so hard for me to be there for me? Well, mm. maybe it's easier to be there for everyone and their mamas mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. that's also a way of people pleasing, avoiding our own healing mm-hmm. because I'd rather distract myself. Yeah, we're either workaholics or we're keeping busy or whatever, because we don't want to sit with ourselves. We can't even be with ourselves mm. because there's so many emotions that might be going and flowing through you. So yes. give yourself permission to feel. Mm. Ask yourself when that grief comes, let it come. Yes. And oh, also, yes. I also feel like don't identify with it. A lot Mm. of things that I've noticed, obviously, as a therapist, I've witnessed a lot of things, especially, you know, just different diagnosis, quote unquote, diagnosis that we have to do. Um, I have read so many different books in regards of different cultures, like in the Native American culture, they see it as depression is visiting me. They don't Mm -hmm. identify with the the feeling or diagnosis, because now you're making it your identity. I yes. am depressed. I am angry. Right. I am grieving. So now your focus, your manifestations, what you're speaking out into the universe is that. Yes. Yes. I so agree with you so much. I, I feel like I just went to church. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't go to church, I just... <laughs> <laughs> the Church of Iris. I'll be and, here you know, in two weeks. So I'm just gonna <laughs> <laughs> tune in, girl. Right? No, and I love that you say that because, you know, with my clients also, I say, you know, the depression, the sadness, maybe because a lot of people will say that, oh, my depression, my anxiety, my ADD, my ADHD. They say all these things, and and I, I say to them, I say, I 
appreciate that you're honoring your feelings. And I feel that it's such a beautiful expression to really surrender to what you feel is working its way within you and through you. I say, I would ask that you look at it as something that is occurring in your inner verse, but it's not you. And so then I'll say to them, how about instead of saying my this, my that, how about saying the, so that you can observe it, right? And you can just witness it and allow yourself to work with it and through it. So I love, love, love that you just shared all that. And I feel that there is definitely something to be said about the way we make everything this me problem, right? And I feel that that can even be true when somebody that we love leaves our life, whether it's because they left this realm or they left this relationship, this exchange with us. And so there's definitely something that can be said about that when we make it a me, like it's a me, me issue, because what tends to happen is, yes, I'm sure there's plenty of us that we don't take accountability or responsibility for certain things that have happened in our relationships, or maybe we're just too hurt or too upset to surrender to that knowing. And and I get that. There's no judgment there. Yet what tends to happen is we will make it such a bigger catastrophe within our mind and our heart because we identify with it so Mm. intricately, right? And so, like you said, so we make it so personal. And so maybe if we just sit with it and we say, you know, what, like, like, I don't know if you remember Iris, but for a long time, what I was saying was, you know, I would have the person close their eyes and just imagine that depression is this person standing outside of them or sadness is this person standing outside, whatever it might be. And I say, now imagine that person growing smaller and smaller. Now they're like eight years old or five years old. And they're just, they're just there to witness your journey. And at times the way that that little child is feeling is being projected onto you. And maybe you're taking it in as your own. But what if you look at it as somebody that's come to just remind you to recall your divinity? What if you look at it as this being that's coming and and essentially like what you just said, Iris, to visit you and to offer an expanded Mm -hmm. approach on that inner child that deserves so much to heal? and so much to be seen and heard. And so the more and more we allow ourselves to work with that, the more we see that it's not about blaming ourselves or blaming our genetics or blaming our environment. We can honor that, yes, some stuff has been really fucked up or some stuff has been really put on our shoulders in such an unhealthy way. And yet we can still make some of the best, best decisions with choices that were forced upon us, especially Mm -hmm. as children. And so the more and more that we recognize that this type of, of grief, right? And yes, maybe the greed of wanting certain people in our lives still that have no business there anymore. They just have no business there anymore, especially those that are still walking this earth. If our relationship in that exchange was meant to be complete, then they have no business in our life anymore. So really just allowing ourselves to 
appreciate that and blame them for all the good shit, not just all the bad shit. Mm-hmm. And then letting them go and really releasing them. And so even though like you shared Iris, you know, the relationships you've had where the people that are in your life have transitioned out of this world, they perhaps were not very close to you or you didn't see them as much. So it wasn't as much of a painful loss maybe mm-hmm. yet you know what it feels like to grieve somebody that's still walking the earth. And sometimes mm-hmm. that can be harder. Sometimes that can be harder, not always, but sometimes. And so, yeah, especially I love, you, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, especially, you know, when you love them so much and you just know how amazing they are, but they're just not ready to really receive that love that yes. they truly deserve. And right. so we rather self sabotage and we rather, you know, um, not take accountability, I think also is really important. Yes. And, um, that's definitely the key. So another thing, if I can share, um, that's helped me, like I mentioned, like working with Monica, um, writing a letter to them has really been helpful. Um, doing a ceremony with them, which is something that, um, Monica had me do at certain points to release them, um, lighting a little candle, on incense, having a picture of them, and really verbalizing maybe what is in your heart and what is what is it that you want to share with them, and then really shifting that pain and that anger. And it's going to take some time. Like I said earlier, it's not an overnight process. Allow yourself to feel whatever comes up, and then you're going to get to the point where, wow. Now I I now get it. I now understand why I met this person or why this person was in my energetic field because they're here to teach me something. It's not going to be an automatic thought. So yes. allow yourself to feel the feelings, the anger, the loss, the sadness, the pain, the fear, everything. Just allow yourself to feel it. Tend to yes. yourself with it. And then you'll get to the point of like, wow, I'm so fucking grateful I met them. Yes. Because without that, I wouldn't be who I am now. I wouldn't be where I am right now. And I wouldn't have the people around me that are around me. Yes. It's like all of these lessons. And I, I always think like um, one thing that Monica said, what you said was like, you either, you whoever you meet, it's either someone from your past or like a past version of you, you in the moment or you in the future. Mm-hmm. And I also correlate that to maybe traumas in the past. Yes. It doesn't necessarily mean that I am you and you are me. Exactly. It can mean that this person replicates a specific person from your childhood or adulthood or teenage years that caused pain, but the universe is bringing them into your life for a reason. Mm-hmm. It wants you to tend to this healing. Yes. Right? Oh, that's so perfect. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Because ultimately, with every relationship with ourselves, every relationship we have with someone else, any exchange really, you're either being fueled or fooled is what I say. So 
sit there and sit with it and feel what feels right to you. Is this person or this exchange fueling you? It's like very much filling up your tank or is it fooling you? Mm. So you're either being fueled or fooled and you get to really determine what that looks like for you. Mm. Because like you just said, Iris, there are a lot of versions of our past selves or our present or future selves that are going to be mirrored to us through other people. And that is true. And then there's going to be times like what you just spoke on Iris where, because again, anybody listening to me, I will tell you all day long, I am not a part of the spiritual community. You will never hear me say I am because there's just way too much shit going on there. And there's way too much toxic positivity and way too much narcissism and all this other shit. So I don't identify, I don't resonate with that. So now you'll hear a lot of people on that community though, saying, Oh, that's a version of yourself. So if you don't like that person or if you see them as being a dark energy or you see them as being toxic, it's because that's what you are and it's being mirrored to you. And sometimes that's true. And oftentimes it's not. It's going to be that there's certain aspects of certain versions of people that were in your life that either really loved on you deeply or really hurt you very badly. And it's going to be presented to you in a whole nother vessel so that you're given the opportunity to hold space for that aspect of your inner child and for those versions of yourself to heal. So that's what Iris is speaking on is a lot of the work I do with my clients has to do with allowing yourself to be in a state of surrender, yes, and yet also be in a state of knowing while you're holding yourself and others accountable. It's not about blaming people, but it is about holding accountability because the more and more you say, okay, I see, I see that in this exchange, it was really speaking volumes to the type of abuse I went through from my mother or my father or, you know, a past lover. And so it was manifested in this exchange with this person so that I can lend my intention and attention to that healing. So as Iris has shared, if you don't identify with it and you can be the observer, not the absorber, then you're able to really engage and say, ah, okay, this is where I find myself so deserving, so deserving because so many people will say, oh, I have to do the work or, oh my God, I have to do this. I have to do that. What if you stop and say, I deserve to do the work. Mm. I deserve, you know, I deserve this exchange, this offering. Absolutely. And so words do matter. Words do matter. And you'll hear people say, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. I call bullshit on that. I call bullshit on that tenfold because it's both. It is what you say and how you say it. And mm. so the way you speak to your cells Okay, the cells within your body has everything to do with how you heal yourselves, all the different versions of you. And so, as Iris did share, yes, I do do a lot of work with people on release work, and that's beautiful. And what I want to add to that is that type of ceremony, that ceremony of release, essentially can be done also with those that have transitioned out. So, say, for example, 
somebody listening, this is really going to touch your heart because it's something that you deserve and you do need to do. Say if there's someone that hurt you very badly and before you could share how you felt about what happened, maybe you really needed to speak with that person face to face and they no longer are living in this world anymore. You can use that same intention where it's very ceremonial. So it needs to be in a space that feels very safe and feels very surrendering to you. And it's very calming. And you would then place like a a small altar and you can use a coffee table or anything really just to make a little bit of a, a, a table setting. And you can place some flowers, maybe some rosemary or sage or roses. And you can place a white candle some palo santo or yerba santa and an incense and you can place a photo of that person there and you're going to do photo gazing so you will definitely be photo gazing while you fire gaze so while you look at the flame of the candle and you look at that person and you connect and say if it's somebody that really hurt you and this is how you need to release then you can sit and feel the things that are coming out in your body from that abuse or that pain or that hurt. And and listen, I know this sounds overwhelming, but I promise you it works so amazingly. And so you let yourself feel the anger and the sadness and that mourning, right? And you do a ceremony of cutting. So you cut those cords, you clear them. And then you would write a release letter to that person. You would write every single thing that you feel about what was done and where you're at in your life. So even if it's like, fuck you, I'm glad you're fucking gone, then let it be that. Don't judge yourself for that because maybe this person really fucking hurt you very, very badly when you're a little girl or a little boy. Then you just write all that out. And then if it's not too long, say if it's like one or two pages, then you read it out loud to yourself because your voice is very healing to yourselves. And so that's why we all have different voices because there's definitely this innate knowing and innate programming that's within our voice that allows our own personal healing. So you read it out loud two to three times and just let it all just come out and cry and scream. I I call it the ceremony of screaming, the ceremony of tears, ceremony of rage, whatever that needs to be. And then once you're done feeling that, you burn it, you fucking burn it, right? And the same can be said if there was someone that you loved so, so much and you didn't get to say goodbye maybe, or you feel as if you wanted that one last experience with them before they left this earth and you have nothing but love and joy to share with them. You do the exact same offering Mm. and yet it's going to look very different because you're going to be in this amazing sense of love and appreciation and you say all the things you want to say to them as you look at their photo all those beautiful kind words right and then you also write them that letter and it would be the same thing if it's a really long letter then i would say just reading it one time aloud is perfect and then you burn it and you let that go and you let them go and not not that you let them go because they're no longer an energy that exists no it's okay can you hear him? A little bit, but it's okay. Okay. Yeah. He's and like so, attacking me. Oh, <laughs> he's like, yes, everything she's saying is true. I want in. 
And so, so as, as you do that and you know that you're letting this person go, it's not that you're cutting off communication with them because again, energy never dies. That's something I always do share. Energy can transmute, transshift and, and, and all these different things transmit, but it never dies. So you'll always have a connection with them. You always have communication with them. But I mean, in the sense of letting them go so that they can move on to their next mission, mm. so that they can go where it is that their soul desires them to go and requires them to go. And that's the only letting go I'm speaking of. So I love Iris that you brought that up because I would have never thought to discuss that right now. So thank you. <laughs> I love that everything happens so organically with us <laughs> exactly um yeah thank you so much for sharing all that i was even thinking i love how you talked about cord cutting because some people are like i don't want a cord cut but i think it's also like um how do you say oh my god then then is like biting me this whole time oh um, he's teething that's why i didn't mm-hmm. <laughs> so I also think of like how certain people are like, oh, what's the what's the purpose of cord cutting? And I love Mm -hmm. how you explained it because we're simply releasing the energy. And I also feel like maybe some people aren't ready for that. So I feel like when you're ready, you'll know when it's time, you know, and just just really honor your process. And just because two people might be going through the same grieving process it's going to look different for everyone. Right, right. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some time. It's yes. not an overnight process. Just, just be patient with yourself, boo. And just yes. know that you're doing the best that you can. And if you need help, like, ask for help. Right. You know, I feel like a lot of us, like, we don't know where to go for help. Or maybe we feel like we can do it all. Right. <laughs> and in reality, and I get it, and that can be part of the process and um that spiritual journey and that growth and letting go of attachment. But sometimes we need help. We need community. So really honoring your needs and just trusting your discernment, trusting yourself, trusting your decision. If you feel called to working with someone, do it. You know, just really ask yourself, why is it because they're telling me or because I feel called to doing it? So, right. Yeah. I feel like that's really important because you are allowing people in your energy field. So even feeling safe is is really important for me. So just something to sit with and to process. Yes, I, that's so perfectly said. And Something I I do share with some people when they say, well, what does cord cutting even do? Like, that doesn't make any Mm -hmm. sense. And usually it's people that haven't had too much time yet with energetic offerings. And so they're just more curious than concerned. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of equate it to, for example, when a baby's born, ideally you want to allow the cord to stay in place right? Because what happens is they do, they cut their cord instantly and it's like, wait a second, hold on. And they call it delayed cord clamping nowadays. But what's happening is all those stem cells that were supposed to retrograde back into the baby's uh, body are now cut off. And that's why they have like those cord banking uh, centers now that they make so much money off of banking your baby's cord blood 
But really what would have happened is if you would have just left the baby the fuck alone for a little bit and you let the stem cells retrograde, then that baby would have got all the stem cells that it needed. And there wouldn't really be much stem cells to bank anyway. Anyhow, so if you kind of look at it from that awareness where as long as that cord is connected, there's stuff that can come in and out to what it's connected to, right? Mm -hmm. So with many of you listening, if there's no energetic cord cutting or clearing that's happening, then that's an absolute open direct channel to that other person. Mm. So you wonder why you have days where you're having a great day and everything's going wonderfully. And then you're like, oh my God, I feel like I just got hit by a Mack truck. I feel like shit. And then you kind of have them coming in and out of your mind. And well, because that cord is still very much connected and there's energy being sent to you psychically by that person, or maybe you're picking up on something they're experiencing because you guys are still energetically connected. So it's very ceremonial. And, and, you know, yes, if you really connect, you're able to feel the cord in your hands and your navel center. And I'm big on clearing cords that are in the navel center, but also the heart and also the root. And so whether that's your pito portal or your pussy portal, but that's where you can clear it out from too. And so when Iris shares that, that's just to give you a little bit more understanding and understanding to what we're speaking on, just allowing yourself to clear all that energy. And so one of the things that I share with everyone is, and Iris knows all this already. And so, you know, you want to take your non-dominant hand and you want to place it, you know, in a circle pretty much. Like if you're holding that cord in your navel center and you'll feel the energy as you breathe deeply, you'll feel like there's this cord in your hand. And so just holding the intention that, you know, you want to send any energy that's not yours back to that person. So anything that's not yours, you want to send it back to them. And as you hold that intention, you use your dominant hand and use your pointer finger and your middle finger as if they were scissors. And then you cut that cord and you just kind of like brush your hands off after that. You send it. And what I like to do is I like to have a candle on when I'm doing that or I, I share that with other people also, so that anything that's lingering, you could put it in that fire. So you just place the intention that it's going into the flame of that candle. And so that's just a really short version of how you can do cord cutting. And it really does work and it really does help. And just holding that intention that, you know, whoever anyone is that's outside of yourself, you send them their energy back, right? And all your energy you call back to you. So anything that you might have offered to them over your guys' relationship, the experience of that exchange, you call back your power. And then you, you're you healed, sealed, and protected. You say that three times is what I would do. I'm healed, sealed, and protected. And just knowing that after you did that cord clearing and that cord cutting, now everything is protected. Your whole entire auric field is has a veil of protection. So anyhow, I love Iris that celebrating Jennifer and honoring her, her shift and her transition led us to discussing all of these different healing offerings. And so let me ask you, is there anything else that you feel you'd want to offer before Zenito eats your entire face off? So, so 
(laughs) first of all i am trying my best to be very present yeah and this little puppy i love him so very much and (laughs) he just wants my attention yeah so you guys might have just heard him throughout the whole (laughs) the whole episode um (laughs) i love him so much but i'm just like why Like, why? Why did this happen right now? Like, this whole time, the past, what, two, three hours we were setting up, he was knocked out. I know. And then once he's like, I want to be part of your podcast too, boo. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay. (laughs) Well, you know what? I feel like it's it's symbolic, too, of holding space for our inner child because puppies really do bring out that joyfulness and that playfulness so let's let's yeah. call it that right that you sure. was hooking us up after all the shit show we went through yeah to make this happen zen was just meant <laughs> to be a part of calling upon our inner child oh, and as you say that he starts crying oh. <laughs> he's like how does she know yeah i definitely agree with you um yeah yeah 100% but you know i was feeling my feelings <laughs> yes I love Um, that definitely I felt that I even I can't wait to hear back and just see like at what different points like he was crying because I feel like (laughs) you know on a metaphysical level it is connected to the conversation and I'm sure yes I'm sure and you know I find it uh, so beautiful that his happening in your life unfolded the way it did and when it did and there's no accidents there and so you know the more and more we get along with this podcast and the more because you guys we have a lot of stuff that's coming and we have some changes we're going to make and you're gonna see Zenito you're not just gonna hear him you're gonna (laughs) see him too so it's meant to be it's meant to be everybody's gonna get to know him through his his vocal offering, you know, <laughs> and, and what well, sincerely, because the kind of energy that animals carry, especially dogs, is very healing. It's mm-hmm. very healing, you know, even their little sounds they make, it's really healing to the human body. And so I don't find it surprising at all that as we're speaking about something so intense and so loving and frustrating and overwhelming that he's feeling those emotions and he's projecting them outwardly. I feel that that is very normal and I'd be a little concerned if he didn't do those things. I I would be like, "Ah, you know, maybe he's in denial. I know. He definitely is not in denial. Right. Well, I'm so happy that we actually got this going, even though it took a lot out of us and a lot in the general. <laughs> Hopefully our next episode, we'll be able to use our amazing mics and we'll be able to just deliver even more of ourselves. And I just want to thank you, Iris, for holding space with me and for me. And I know you, you knew Jen and she definitely is your ascended Reiki master now. And I know she's mine. And we did, Iris and I really did get attuned in a very different way when it comes to Reiki and especially our Reiki master course. And so it's a very different type of Reiki and 
if you ever have received Reiki from us, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. And those of you that haven't and you'd like to, let us know. But definitely, there's not much to be able to be said about it. It's mm-hmm. more feeling it and experiencing mm-hmm. it for you to have this awareness about what we're discussing. But anyhow, Jennifer is the one that attuned us. And yeah, so we we love you, Jen. And we love that we're able to honor you with today's episode. And I know for me, I'm sending so much love to all of you, everyone listening. Mm -hmm. So much love to all the different versions of you, all the versions, versions of you that you had to surrender to and allow to shift and transition out those parts of you that you've had to allow to truly die in order to experience Mm -hmm. your rebirth. Because as I say, the death is in between the breath, you know, every breath we take, it's a rebirth. And so here's to all the versions of you Mm -hmm. that perhaps no longer are in your awareness, but will always be a part of your story. So I love you. I love all those versions. Thank you so much for being with us. And thank you for holding space with us because I I know for a fact that many of you are just really sending us so much love with today's episode. So thank you. I love you. Iris, is there anything else you want to add? Thank you for sharing. Thank you for opening up your heart in regards of just your your journey with um this beautiful soul um and just really hearing your your journey with her was really heartwarming and just so beautiful because it speaks volume to how much of an amazing soul she was um yeah so thank you for that and for those that are listening um i really do hope that you continue to just bring awareness to your process to your emotions to your heart and i just want you to know that you matter and and you are so needed in this lifetime and you're here for a reason and you may not know what that reason is but and, and it's okay just know that the more and more you love yourself, the more and more you show up for yourself, the more and more you tend to you as hard as it can be sometimes because we just want to help everyone and their mama. Mm-hmm. Like you matter and it is your time and this is your year and it's time to really shift this year is really to do things differently like do things that make you feel good not what so-and-so said what your mama said what your tia said or what they think or what they're judging about like you do what feels right for you and and no one else and then obviously if you have children they're they're part of that process as well Mm -hmm. But, but you it's time for you to tend to your inner child Mm-hmm. So I love you. I see you. I am so proud of you. And for those who are interested, like she said, in Reiki, I also feel called this year to offer Reiki one attunements. Um, those are the ones that I've always done. I just feel like it's so important for us to feel empowered, to feel connected to source, to heal ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, I look, so I look forward to connecting with you and um, the date will be um, determined and I'll let you mm-hmm. know. Love y'all. 
<laughs> Thank you guys so much for being with us at the Portland Bandajas podcast. We are sending you so much love and so love. much joy. Here's to a beautiful day, night, or morning, wherever you are in this world. So much love to you. I'm Monica, the psychic medium. And I'm Iris, the intuitive. Love you. Blessings. Animals.